O God, rich in mercy, you look with compassion on this troubled world. Feed us with your grace and grant us the treasure that comes only from you. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. You may be seated. The scripture reading, or the gospel lesson, is from Luke chapter 16, verses 19 to 31. There was a rich man who was dressed in purple and fine linen, and who feasted sumptuously every day. And at his gate lay a poor man named Lazarus, covered with sores, who longed to satisfy his hunger with what fell from the rich man's table. Even the dogs would come and lick his sores. The poor man died and was carried away by the angels to be with Abraham. The rich man also died and was buried. In Hades, where he was being tormented, he looked up and saw Abraham far away with Lazarus by his side. He called out, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and sent Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue. For I am in agony in these flames. But Abraham said, Child, remember that during your lifetime you received your good things, and Lazarus in like evil things. But now he is comforted here, and you are in agony. Beside all this, between you, you and us, a great chasm has been fixed, so that those who might want to pass from here to you cannot do so. And no one can cross from there to us. He said, Then, Father, I beg you to send him to my father's house. For I have five brothers, that he may warn them, so that they will not also come into this place of torment. Abraham replied, They have Moses and the prophets. They should listen to them. He said, No, Father Abraham, but if someone goes to them from the dead, they will repent. He said to him, If they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, neither will they be convinced, even if he rises from the dead. The Gospel of the Lord. The Psalter this morning and the text for this for the message comes from Psalm ninety one, verses one to six and verses fourteen through sixteen. You who dwell in the shelter of the Most High, who abide in the shadow of the Almighty, you will say to the Lord, my refuge and my stronghold, my God in whom... For God will rescue you from the snare of the hunter and from the deadly plague. God's wings will cover you and you will find refuge beneath them. God's faithfulness be your shield and defense. You shall not fear any terror in the night, nor the arrows that fly by day, nor the plague that stalks in the darkness, nor the sickness that lays waste at noon. I will deliver those who cling to me. I will uphold them because they know my name. They will call me and I will answer them. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue them. 
With long life will I satisfy them and show them my salvation. May God add God's rich blessing to the reading and hearing of his holy word. I would like to welcome my young friends up to the front if they would like to come. Come on down. (laughs) How are you guys? Line up over there for me for a second. What do you think all this stuff is over here? What is that? Why is that there? Landon. Give it. Give it to people who don't have enough food. You're right. And do you think do you think that um, that all these these um, bigger people were generous? Do you think they 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 did a good job of get, of bringing stuff? Yeah. See, Asher knows. <laughs> all right. So that's a that's a cool thing, right? That we we're helping other people in that way because that's what God asks us to do. Okay. So I got a different one for you. Who knows the names of some superheroes? Yes. Superman, Asher, all right, Buzz, and who else, who's your very favorite? Iron Man, right? (laughs) Jackson, Batman, I love Batman too. In fact, my granddaughter says that my black car is the Batmobile. (laughs) So I like to think about what superpower I would have if I was a superhero. Anybody have an idea what superpower? Asher, what would you like to be have? Whoa, cool. Yes, Landon. What did you say? Laser beam eyes. Ooh, that's a good one. I like that one. <laughs> Anybody else? Jackson. Well, all powers. There we go. Well, I, I know about you guys, but I think I would like two things. I would like to be able to fly. Wouldn't that be cool? Just sort of walk out the door and go, whoosh, and off you go, right? That would be neat. And I would like to be invisible. Um, Do you like to be invisible? Yeah. What's that? Gecko. Gecko, like gecko, right? Yeah, there we go. So I would like to do that and fly off and all that stuff. But so the fun thing is, is to imagine having superpowers, but we know that they're just imaginary in the cartoons and all that kind of stuff. And we can't really have superpowers like those action figures, but we do have sacred powers. Those sacred powers are given to us by God. Sacred means holy. Yes. Um, uh. Spider-Man has powers. Spider-Man has powers. You're absolutely right, Jackson. So, so we, these kind of powers, these holy powers are hope, faith, and love. And these sacred powers of hope, faith, and love, we do God's work, like gathering all that stuff for other people, right? That's doing God's work, and it's showing love to other people, and it's hoping that people will bring all those good things for us, and it's giving thanks to God for all of those things, and having faith that we'll get there. Sight is seeing with our eyes. We look around and we see, but sometimes we, our eyes don't see some things that are right in front of us, right? Sometimes we don't see that there are poor people around us or people that don't have enough to eat. So we make sure that we, we support people who are looking for those kinds of things. And we can all begin to look for those things and see them. It's called sacred sight. It's like holy sight. We see things that we didn't used to see because God is helping us understand who we are and where we're going to go. So... If you try it right now, 
if you open your eyes wide and you look out here, you think anybody, do you think anybody that's out here looks, um, looks a little sad maybe? Look around. Anybody? So if you were just looking at everybody and they kind of looked at you back, did, did you think you could like find, just look at somebody randomly and wave to them? Go, hmm, hello, see, look, they're waving back. <laughs> so that's what we're talking about. Sometimes all people need is a wave or a smile. Sometimes all that you people need is to have them walk up here and not say anything, right? <laughs> just because they're here, it's a joyful thing. So sacred sight is all about looking at people, looking right into their eyeballs and seeing them to be the children of God that you know them to be. That's for all of y'all too. Because we're all children of God created in the image and with the likeness of God. Okay, so here we go. Now you guys have to help me. We're going to pray. I'm going to, we're going to do line out prayer. I'm going to say the line. Then you guys say it nice and loud so that all the, everybody out there can hear. Okay, here we go. Dear Lord. Come on, louder than that. Dear Lord, Lord, thank you you for my my holy power power of sacred sight. sight. Good. Help me me to see others others as your children. children. Help me me to share share your love. Amen. Awesome. Thank you. You guys can go back to your seats. As I mentioned, the, the message is on Psalm 91. Just two of the, a couple of the verses again. Verses 1 and 2. You may live in the shelter of the Most High, who abide in the shadow of the Almighty, Almighty God. Will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Then jumping down to verse 14, it says, those who love me, I will deliver. I will protect them, those who know my name. When they call to me, I will answer them. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue them and honor them. With long life, I will satisfy them and show them my salvation. A story. An article in National Geographic some years ago provided this amazing image, um, word image. I think they probably had pictures too, but you can create a word image with this one. After a forest fire in Yellowstone National Park, forest rangers began their trek up a mountain to assess the inferno's damage. One ranger found a bird literally petrified in ashes, perched statuesquely on the ground at the base of a tree. Somewhat sickened by the eerie sight, he knocked over the bird with a stick. When he struck it, three tiny chicks scurried from under their dead mother's wings. The loving mother, keenly aware of impending disaster, had carried her offspring to the base of the tree and had gathered them under her wings. Instinctively knowing that the toxic smoke would rise, She could have flown to safety, but had refused to abandon her babies. When the blaze had arrived and the heat had singed her small body, the mother had remained steadfast because she had been willing to die. Those under the cover of her wings would live. 
Sound like somebody else's story that you hear in church quite often? This is the picture of, that the psalmist has in the psalmist's mind when talking of God's wings. He will cover you with his feathers. He will cover you with his wings. And under his wings, you will find refuge. All of us want to feel secure and need to feel secure. Sheltered, protected, and covered. Think about how much we crave the security. Think about the ways we act out this need for security, especially in today's world. It doesn't take much digging to discover all of the evidence of this need for security. Extra locks, alarm systems, car alarms, the club on your steering wheel. Do you remember those? We don't use those so much anymore, but the, 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 those, I, that was another thing that always popped into my head. We see this all the time, police officers wearing bulletproof vests while patrolling the streets. And for us here at Jerusalem Western Salisbury Church to think about the possibility of an active shooter so much that we're going to have active shooter training by the Salisbury Township Police on October 19th. It's because of all this in our lives and because of the challenge and the need for security by most of us gathered here. No, probably all of us, at least in some way. The psalmist tries to provide us with a word that communicates comfort and security. In spite of our earthly condition or perhaps because of our earthly tradition and condition. God is our refuge and fortress. God is our shelter. God will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you will find refuge. Some of you are going to that song, right? <laughs> when we, we read Psalm 91, Michael Junkus, Father Michael Junkus, a Jesuit priest, wrote the amazing song on eagle's wings, right? And Michael believed, as do many scholars and teachers and musicians, that the psalmist was talking about an eagle in this psalm. As we just heard in the story, a bird instinctively spreads its wings to protect, to protect its young. I'm told that adult eagles will spread their wings when they sense danger, even when there are no chicks present. So you see, the psalmist is using the same method so many of us who try to communicate the message of the way God protects each of us, comparing God to an eagle, under God's wings, my refuge, talking about the God in whom we trust then moves straight to the, the image of God as a fortress and a refuge to shelter us, to protect us. Portraying God through the work of angels coming to protect us. We also need to take notice of the angels that are all around us, that have been placed in a variety of places in and around the church. And I'm not just talking about pictures. They symbolize for us the angels that are all around us all the time. Those that are physically still with us, even when we may not notice them, and especially when we do not acknowledge them. God provides the protection we need, all that we need. Psalm 91 also calls us to be like children. Most small children, like dear Addison that we'll baptize in a few minutes, and all those other little ones that were up here a a couple of minutes ago, Few of the, they have few burdens, thankfully. They don't go to bed at night worrying about paying the bills. <laughs> they don't spend half the night wondering if the ache in their chest means something is wrong. No, they simply lay themselves down to sleep and drift off. They drift off because everything at that moment in their world is safe and secure. Why? Because they know they are safe in the keeping and care of their parents. 
These kids are able to rest secure in the knowledge that someone else is in charge. Someone who knows what to do no matter what the situation. At least it seems like that to them. As far as these little children are concerned, parents guard the fort all night long. Checking the doors and the windows, turning the temperature up or down, keeping intruders, boogeymen, and monsters away. Why are there no boogie women, by the way? Oh, sorry. (laughs) Parents are seen as fierce and fearless. Watchdogs always guarding and protecting and keeping. Under the wings of God, we can feel, be safe and secure like little children want to be and need to be. For me, Psalm 91 is so persuasive on the protection front that we're told that when Satan tempted Jesus, this is my favorite one of these, Satan used Psalm 91. He had Jesus stand at the highest point of the temple and he said, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down. Then Satan quoted Psalm 91 and said, he will command his angels concerning you and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus, not to be phased, came back with Matthew 4, 7. Do not put the Lord your God to the test. We also need to be very careful that we do not fall into the trap being preached in so many places today. There are preachers and churches telling people to become Christians so that they can get rich or be happy or drive a Jaguar. Not that there's anything wrong with driving a Jaguar. Some people call it prosperity gospel. These preachers and churches take Psalm 91 literally. They offer people blanket protection against poverty, accidents, acts of war, and just plain foolish behavior. They promise all sorts of blessings just because you believe, believe, and of course, give them the right amount of money. If you do that, especially the part about sending them the big money, you will be blessed. And to prove it, the pastor buys a jet or a Rolls Royce or a 25,000 square foot house. Not that there's anything wrong with any of those things. But it's the reasons for doing them that trouble some of us. Those who love me, I will deliver. I will protect those who know my name. When they call to me, I will answer them. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue them and honor them. With long life, I will satisfy them and show them my salvation. More than just to help us, God has promised to honor us. God says of one who knows his name, I will set him or her on high. God will deliver us with dignity and glory. God's deliverance of Israel at the Exodus was glorious. David's deliverance from the hand of Goliath was divine. But it was not dignified. In verses 14 to 16, God promises deliverance and honor to those of us who believe. Therefore, if God treats each of us with dignity and glory, how can we do anything less with all those around us? Especially those vulnerable little ones. Our most urgent need is deliverance from the ultimate danger, eternal judgment and separation from God's presence forever. Jesus Christ offers you the forgiveness of your sins and the safety of eternal life in the presence of God by acknowledging your sin and trusting in Christ's death in your own place, in your place. By calling upon Jesus for salvation, you will be delivered from this judgment 
and given the free gift of eternal life in the presence of God. It says that in Romans. If you have experienced this forgiveness of sins in Christ, you can experience the safety and security which the psalm promises by, quote, abiding in the shelter of the Most High. While there are those in this world who faint due to fear, most of us live so carefully that we don't think we have much to fear. Most of us have insurance for our life, our health, our vehicle, our retirement, our wage earning ability, and so on. We fail to live dangerously, and thus we have little danger to fear. May I suggest to you this morning that living obediently means living dangerously. Discipleship is dangerous. Beyond your life, health, and auto insurance, discipleship is dangerous. Jesus always discouraged the person who sought the path of least resistance and encouraged would-be disciples to count the cost of following him. I want to suggest to you, sisters and brothers in Christ, that you will never come to appreciate the promises of Psalm 91 until you have experienced the peril of living for God obediently. Abraham was instructed to leave the refuge of his home and family. Moses left the security of his position in Pharaoh's palace, for goodness sake. The disciples dropped what they were doing and followed Jesus. On and on we find that living by faith is often living dangerously. The life of faith is obeying God, doing what's right, and trusting God to protect us. God didn't instruct Jesus to jump. Satan did. If the Lord Jesus had jumped from the pinnacle of the temple, God would have been forced to act. One final word. This psalm teaches an important lesson concerning the strengthening of our faith. Something we can never do enough of or step, stop doing or fully accomplish. The most important thing about faith is not its amount, but its author and provider of our faith. If we want to see our faith grow, let us dwell upon the one in whom our faith is rooted, the Redeemer, the Son of God, Jesus. Jesus strengthens our faith. Jesus is our security. That brings us right back to where we started, the mother bird protecting her chicks with her own life under the safety of her wings, remaining steadfast, this mother bird, and the cover of her wings, protected and sheltered. Thank you, Jesus. Thanks be to God, protected and sheltered. Let us pray. Most high God, whose faithfulness is a shield and protection, Gather the oppressed and grieving under your wing. Strengthen those who fear the terror of the night or daily life. Rescue the distressed. Help keep safe those who love you. Be present to those who call on your name, to those we have named today, and those we name in our hearts at this time. Show them your saving ways. And we pray this to your honor and glory forever and ever. And all God's people said... Please stand if you're able to sing our hymn.
These words of benediction, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you peace now and always and unto ages of ages. Amen.